0: Hi,
1: my name is Dr. Mark Goundary and I'm an Infectious Diseases Specialist in New Orleans.
0: Hi, my name is Hope Pickerson and I'm a Health Education Specialist and Reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast for an Infectious Diseases Physician. That's me and a Health Education Expert. That's me. Talk about what you need to know about COVID-19 as well as community and public health. For more information about Noise Filter,
1: your public health podcast, to watch and share our incredible informative animations, visit us at noisefiltershow.com.
0: So let's get started.
1: Gorillas at the Atlanta Zoo have COVID-19. Now, gorillas at Zoo Atlanta in Atlanta, Georgia started displaying symptoms of COVID-19 and caught the attention of the zoo's care team. They noticed the common COVID-19 symptoms, runny nose, and coughing. The zoo collected oral, fecal, and nasal samples from the gorillas, and the preliminary results showed that the gorillas had COVID. Now, the samples were then sent to the National Veterinary Services Laboratory. This lab confirmed a COVID-19 case and identified the Delta variant. All the gorillas will be closely monitored in the zoo and will be tested for COVID-19, regardless of the symptoms being present or not. The gorillas that have complications and severe symptoms or are at risk of developing them will be treated with monoclonal antibodies. Zoos around the country are now vaccinating their animal populations to prevent COVID-19 and vaccines specific for animals are in the works. The San Diego Zoo used an experimental vaccine that was developed by Zoetis, a veterinary pharmaceutical company, and Zoo Atlanta has received approval from the USDA and the state of Georgia's veterinarian to administer the Zoetis vaccine. The zoo will vaccinate lots of their animal population, including the gorillas, once they recover from covid Lots of mammals can get infected and they can get infected from contact with humans infected with COVID. The use of PPE when dealing with gorillas in the zoo was already a common practice before COVID-19 as the zoo staff always took precautions when working with animals to prevent the spread of other human illnesses like influenza and other colds. Since humans can spread the virus to the animals at the zoo, it is important for the staff to take precautions when working with the animals. Zoo Atlanta added that they're not necessarily concerned about patrons and animals interacting because there's a significant physical distance between the viewing areas and the animals' habitats. Flu and the coronavirus twindemic. Now, in 2020, the flu was virtually unheard of thanks to increased hand-washing practices and social distancing. However, health experts fear that this year will be much different, so much so that some experts warn of a possible twindemic of flu and coronavirus infections. Now, the Wall Street Journal offers answers to frequently asked questions and practical information about ways to protect yourself during the flu season. How severe will the flu season be this time? Well, the flu commonly strikes the U.S. October through May, with the peak being December through February. Between 9 million and 45 million people in the U.S. get infected annually, leading to 140,000 to 810,000 hospitalizations and 12,000 to 61,000 deaths, most of them in adults 65 and older, according to the CDC. The coming flu season is on track to be the worst than the last one and could further strain hospitalizations already overwhelmed by the surge of the Delta variant. This season could also strike earlier and more severely than usual because many people haven't built up their natural immune defenses while working from home and avoiding strangers. So who should get the flu shot? The CDC recommends that everyone six months and older, with few exceptions, should receive a flu vaccine. Now, when should you get that flu vaccine? The flu peaks from December to February, so health authorities recommend everyone getting a flu vaccine before the end of October. But even if people miss that window, they should go ahead and get one. Authorities say shots administered after that are still protective. And what are the side effects of a flu vaccine? Common side effects are generally mild and include soreness, redness, and swelling at the injection site, as well as headaches, fever, nausea, muscle aches, and fatigue. They usually clear up on their own, and the vaccine also does not cause the flu. Flu shots administered with a needle are made with an inactive virus or a single virus gene, and neither can cause illness. The vaccine administered as a nasal spray, however, contains a weakened live virus, which the CDC says can't make people sick. If I got the COVID-19 vaccine, should I also get the flu vaccine? Doctors and public health experts strongly recommend that anyone eligible for both vaccines should get them and say that they are the best defenses against the viruses. I 100% agree with that. Can you get vaccinated against the flu while pregnant? The CDC strongly advises people take flu shots because they are more likely to suffer from severe illness from the virus than people of reproductive age who aren't pregnant. The CDC recommends pregnant people. To get a flu shot rather than a nasal spray flu vaccine, the nasal spray contains a weakened light virus, which they don't recommend for pregnant women. So in conclusion, the best ways to protect yourself are to practice safe hand-washing techniques, stay at home if you're sick, wear masks, and of course, get the flu and coronavirus vaccines. Eco-friendly period products. Now, eco-friendly period products are growing in popularity, not only for their sustainability, but also because many are affordable. Two environmentally friendly sanitary products are menstrual cups and period pants or underwear, both alternatives to disposable products that normally end up in landfill sites. People who menstruate spend an estimated of $2.8 billion a year in the U.S. on these disposable products, and increasingly their environmental impact is being examined. Susan Powers, a professor of sustainability environmental systems at the Clarkson University, discussed some of her work in the conversation, explaining the value of eco-friendly period products. Powers has studied the life cycle of period products, analyzing not only the waste created after their use and disposal, but also the energy and resources put into making the products and the impact on climate change and natural resource depletion. The study found that between a tampon, a pad, and a reusable menstrual cup, the menstrual cup was by far the most sustainable, both in production and disposal. A menstrual cup has a 10-year lifespan, and they're made from silicone or rubber and can be used up to for 12 hours, being cleaned with soap and hot water after each use. They are growing in popularity due to their sustainability, as is underwear designed for periods. What previously existed as a niche, expensive product, period underwear has now become much more affordable. With many brands now selling the underwear, they have now become more and more accessible to larger groups of people, allowing more people who menstruate to make use of these eco-friendly products. They are both convenient and comfortable, and like menstrual cups, have seen sales skyrocket. The Women's Environmental Network estimates about 2 billion menstrual items are disposed of in the UK every year. And it must be emphasized that for many people on low incomes or living in poverty or who are homeless, these alternative products just may be too expensive to purchase compared to the cheaper packs of disposable products, which is why period poverty is yet another barrier to the best menstrual health care. Furthermore, for homeless women who do not always have access to bathrooms, menstrual cups may not be a viable option due to their having to be cleaned and sterilized compared to disposable products. So changing taboos surrounding talking about menstruation is an ongoing and important process that can help facilitate the best menstrual health care for people who menstruate. Promoting products like this and tackling period poverty, which this show has discussed in depth, is essential to reduce the environmental impact and also ensure that people feel comfortable talking about this normal physiological process.
0: Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast.
1: Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast and to follow us on social media. And you can find me at the TheDrDerry, that's D-R-D-E-R-Y.
0: You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter Nola on Twitter. And to see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us and the show, go to NoiseFilterShow.com.
1: Just as a reminder, COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors, and you can learn more at www.scaetc.org. Hope,
0: any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking the steps to keep yourself and loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, and seeing your healthcare provider regularly
1: and protect yourselves and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine, wearing a mask and social distancing wherever possible. As an infectious diseases doctor, I also wanna share with healthcare providers in our audience that the HIV Care Tools app was recently launched by the AETC and is a fantastic tool for ensuring your patients have the best standard of care. I encourage you to check it out.
0: And remember, health is a human right.